Grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Merry Christmas to all of you who are here worshiping uh, in person. And again, for all of you who are worshiping uh, members as well as folks all around the country who might be worshiping with us online today, we wish you and your family the very best of this Christmas season. We wish the very best also to our musicians, to our choir, to our handbell choir, to uh, Julie, our lead uh, singer, and uh, Ramona Ragland, our organist, to all the contemporary musicians who have put in so much extra work to make these worship services so joyful. And what a tribute to our late Karen Wade, huh? This beautiful uh, display of poinsettias. Uh, we miss her greatly. Uh, we miss all those who have gone before us into eternity, but know that their Christmas celebration is, uh, is a whole lot better than ours, even. And of course, whenever I see the live poinsettias, I always take a look at that uh, uh, wonderful redemption window and the poinsettia over here on the bottom right uh, that is representative of God's great gift to the world, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. There's a story told of an old preacher sitting at a desk with his writing pen at hand and a pad of paper. It was the week before Christmas, and soon he would be counted on to deliver a Christmas Day sermon. Heralding the good news of God's great gift to the world, the Prince of Peace, he had preached these messages for over 40 years. But this year he was troubled. He looked at his paper, he looked at his Bible, he looked at the Advent wreath. Those four candles on the outside, they stand for hope and peace and joy and love. But how can you preach hope in a world where people have so much hopelessness? And how can you keep preach peace with so much war and conflict around us? How can you preach joy when so many are living in misery and sorrow? And how can you preach love when there is so much hatred and division? How can you proclaim the joy of the coming of the Prince of Peace in a world with Russia shelling Ukraine, North Korea tossing missiles over the Japanese Sea, China breathing down on Taiwan, and Iran putting the last touches on a nuke? And in the Holy Land, barbed wire strung up all over and soldiers with guns, watching from a wall outside of Bethlehem, checking over the crowd that is gathered around the Church of the Holy Nativity this morning, watching for terrorists. And the old preacher wondered. In his own church, worship attendance was way lower than it was before COVID. Fewer people were stepping forward to do the work of the church and the declining culture in America, moral culture, the attack on God's institutions of marriage, the abortion debate, really? Violence, humanism, materialism, morals flying out the cultural window. The preacher leaned forward and tried to forget all of that, but he couldn't. The world is a mess. And then a thought occurred to him. 
above the altar, yes, even at the top of the tree, there is a cross. And he remembered a saying that he had used in a sermon two weeks ago. Yeah, the old preacher is me. Above the manger there loomed a cross. And beyond the cross there's an open tomb. And so what I decided to do this morning is just celebrate the whole story. The why, the why of why Jesus left the glories of heaven and exchange it for a stable in a little town called Bethlehem and personally joined this mess. The Gospel of John tells the whole Christmas story in one simple verse, the 14th verse of what Pastor Smith read. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us, full of grace and truth, and we beheld His glory. What a gift, huh? Eugene Peterson, you know how since we read through the Bible in a year, I've been reading from Eugene Peterson's paraphrase of the Bible. And verse 14 of John chapter 1 goes like this in the Message Bible. The Word became flesh and moved into the neighborhood. Moved into the neighborhood. It's wonderful to celebrate this morning that our great God is a very personal God. When He created it all, He didn't just fling it all out into space. He tied Himself to His creation. God's love that created all things Included, included a desire for a forever relationship. He wanted a forever relationship with his creation. They, or shall I say we at this point, we chose the short-term love affair with the creation instead of the creator. Huh? Oh yes, I know, we still seek the creator when we're really in a personal mess. But even then, we usually... Well, we usually blame him first for the mess we're in, or we simply ignore him, and maybe that's even worse. But this Christmas Day, there is a beautiful truth in front of us. If things are ever going to get right between God and us, it is God who has to make the move. God has to become one of us. God had to humble himself come down to our level, speak to us in words that sinners understand. Yeah, let me explain. There was once a woman who hated Christmas. Why? Well, because many years ago, she had a falling out with her daughter. Her daughter had slammed the door in her face and claimed that she wanted nothing to do with her mother anymore. And the woman had not seen the daughter in years. Every Christmas... Every Christmas, the woman nursed the idea, the hope, if you will, that this would be the year that her daughter would come home. But she never did. And then came the moment when the woman decided to stop waiting and take things into her own hands. It wasn't hard with the Internet and all that sort of thing to track her daughter down. Her daughter lived in Chicago now, she found out, and so the mother made the trip to Chicago for Christmas to find her daughter and offer her the olive branch, right? Wasn't easy. She didn't have much money. She hated flying, but she was determined to seek reconciliation. She thought getting, getting the money and making the flight would be the hardest part, but it wasn't. That was actually the easy part. The hardest part, the difficult thing, was conjuring up the courage to knock on her daughter's door 
What if her daughter slammed the door in her face? What if this whole thing had been a waste of time and effort? She must have walked backwards and forwards in front of the house a dozen times before she finally got up the nerve and rang the doorbell. Now this story has two possible endings, right? It has the Christmassy, it's a wonderful life, miracle on 34th Street ending, where the daughter opens the door, takes her mother in her arms, swings her around, calls for her children and her husband, tears streaming down her face, my mother's here for Christmas, and the strains of Auld Lang Syne in the background as they are reconciled. That's the happy Christmassy possible ending. Or there could be the this is no fairy tale kind of ending. You didn't think I'd be so corny just because it's Christmas Day kind of ending, right? And in this ending, the daughter, the daughter does slam the door in her mother's face, leaving her alone and friendless in the city of Chicago on Christmas Eve, unsure of what to do next or where to go. She remained separated from her daughter. Now, the Christmas story is like this, my friends. didn't tell you that story just for the fun of it. Why would God go to all the trouble to come and live in our neighborhood? The answer is the same that drove the woman to go to Chicago to find her daughter. He wanted to be reconciled. He wanted to restore that forever relationship that he has had from the creation of the world. Remember, I remember that verse from Pastor Smith's Hark the Herald Angels sermon last Sunday. Uh, we sang it again last night in the traditional service. That, that hymn, I understand why you, uh, that's your favorite hymn. That's got some great theology in it. But there is that verse that goes, Peace on earth and mercy mild, God and sinners reconciled. That's the why of Christmas. Of course. Yeah, he wanted to move into our neighborhood to, to bring us reconciliation, to restore that forever relationship. You know what happens when a new neighbor moves into the neighborhood? We can either befriend them, take a casserole over, welcome them to the, neighbor and, the neighborhood and tell them what a blessing they are to us, or if they're not just the kind of people we think they should be, we can make life miserable for them. Remember that NIMBY thing, N-I-M-B-Y, not in my neighborhood, not in my backyard? Well, John describes in our gospel lesson for today, that's the way it was with the coming of the Christ. He marched into our world and said, here I am. Do you want to make up? Come on. He said it to everybody. He said it to the people who were religious and pious, and he said it to people that knew they were nothing but poor, miserable sinners. He said it to all. Come on. I'm here in your neighborhood. Do you want a hug? And John says he came to his own people, and they didn't want him. They did not want him. But whoever did want him, who believed he was who he claimed to be, he made them his children. They got the happy ending. But they got even more than a God in their neighborhood. You see, when God chose to move into our neighborhood, it was not just down the block that he moved in. 
He chose to be born in us, not only in the flesh, but in our flesh, not just in the neighborhood, but he chose to be born in us. St. Paul said it very simply. I'm crucified with Christ, nevertheless, it is not I, but Christ living in me. Martin Luther wrote this uh, beautiful Christmas verse, Ah, dearest Jesus, holy child, make thee a bed soft, undefiled, within, within my heart, that it might be a quiet chamber kept for thee. Not in a manger, not in a neighborhood, but in our hearts. And that's what we sing, isn't it? We sang it last night. O holy child of Bethlehem, descend to us, we pray. Cast out our sin and enter in, be born in us today. And here's what that means, my friends. When Christmas is so personal, when I'm sick, the great physician lives inside me, in me. When I'm weak, the creator of the universe is in me, and I am strong. When I'm discouraged, the eternal comforter lives in me, and I can keep going through anything. When I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, he is with me to remind me that he's been there, done that, this death thing, no problem. When we learn the depth of this Christmas Day gift, then how do we respond? Well, since it's Christmas, I chose some words that start with the letter C. Let's start with confidence. Believe it or not, the biggest problem any of us have is unforgiven sin. That's the biggest problem any of us have. I don't care what you're going through, the biggest problem is unforgiven sin. And if that sin is going to be transferred to Christ, and his perfect life is going to be transferred to you and me, then we can face anything with confidence. Everything else we're going through, because our sin has been forgiven, we can have confidence. Nothing should overcome us. How about comfort? It matters not how much grief we have to suffer. Christ is in me. What a comfort. Calmness. If he's living inside me, then in all his perfection of power can calm every troubled water that we have to go through. You and I can be living in a storm, but on the inside, a perfect calmness because of Christ who never, never, never misses on one of his promises to be with us always. How about courage? You want to have hope? You want to find courage in a world that's a mess? Started describing at the beginning of the sermon. Well, to Joshua, right, who was faced with conquering the tribes of Canaan, huh? God said, fear not, be not dismayed. The Lord your God is with you whithersoever you go, wherever you go. How about clean living? If God is in us, then we cannot tolerate sin. We confess it instead as we did. The Bible said, said that our, says that our bodies are a temple of the Holy Spirit. It means our bodies are more precious than any earthly temple. This will all turn to ashes, but our bodies will ride to newness of life, and we have the power of the Holy Spirit in us to overcome temptation, to overcome the devil's wily promises. And continuous praise. Well, if God is, 
in us, loving us. That's like wading in a stream that never runs dry, walking in the eternal grace of God. So this holy day, this day in which we commemorate the Holy Nativity, when you go to bed at night or take a nice cold walk, cold walk outside today, try to imagine that evening star. I don't know how far that evening star is away from the earth. I don't know how large that evening star is, but this I know. God created it, along with trillions of other stars, each in their proper place. And when I think about that, I'm just totally awed. I can't really even imagine it. But there's something else that awes me even more, that he came from beyond the stars even, to Westlake, to Avon, Rocky River, Name your suburb to live not only in our neighborhood, but in our hearts. The God who made the evening star has come to live within us. And then you, before you bring an end to Christmas Day 2022, kneel down and show your gratitude. And thank God for giving us the best Christmas present of all, a Savior, Christ the Lord. Merry Christmas to you all. And the choir has one more wonderful song of praise to the child who has been born. <laughs>